Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of Another Happy Pod is going to contain spoilers. If you've not experienced the content yourself, please go ahead and do so before coming back and listening to the boys ramble on about it. Thank you very much. Hello and welcome back to Two Hot Boys, the podcast where two boys are very hot and they talk about stuff and it's hot and we're both sweating and shut the fuck up. My name is Nathan. Um, this is another happy pod, not two hot boys, and I'm hot, so I'm not going to do it again. Who are you? I'm the second hot boy, uh, not in a attractive sense, but in a far too sweaty uh, sense. And yeah, I'm Lawrence. As I said, this is a very weird, different intro. Did you switch it up for this one? For so, yes, Lawrence, I did because I'm very hot. I am one of the aforementioned hot boys, and I don't know if anyone knows this, but we're currently going through the one week of summer the UK gets, and I hate it. I hate it so much. I'm very moist and damp all the time, and I'm just shut up. Neither of us are very physically uh, fit, uh, so this this weather this weather hits home, um, and and does make me sweat uh, quite a bit. Uh, but I've been I've I've got a garden. I've been sat in my garden, which is quite nice. Um, but yeah, today I've been inside, curtains drawn, watching a movie all day. So I am feeling the sweat <laughs> very much. So I, I, you deserve death, good sir. What? <laughs> what did I do to you? I didn't do anything didn't to you. Know. You're just hot and sweaty and cross. I am hot and sweaty and cross. But, you know, I'm going to try and be a little bit positive and optimistic because that's what we do here sometimes, m- most of the time. <laughs> when, when we remember the brand <laughs> yes. is, is when we do that. Yes. Um, so, what's, what's fuck it? What are we doing? What's, what's going uh, on? We're doing Django, who is indeed unchained uh, in this outing. Uh, Quentin Tarantino uh, 
he obviously directed this. I'm pretty sure he wrote it as well. I'm almost certain he did. He, he wrote it. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. He wrote it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. It's, it's never... very clear that he wrote it. Trust me. <laughs> and never before has a white man been so brazen in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> produced by the Weinstein Company. That was a nice logo. As soon as that pops up, I was like, oh, Jesus. No. <laughs> Strap me in. <laughs> and then Harv Harvey's name himself is in the credits as well. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well. But, but that's just something we have to deal with now because everyone is fucking gross. Um, yeah. so, so there we are. Good luck watching Baby Driver again. Anyway, uh, have you seen Django Unchained before, Lawrence? No, first time watching it today. Really? Yeah, I. Oh. It was. Look, it was. It was. Yeah, I know. I'm. I'm just as surprised <clears throat> as you are. It was always a film I never meant to kind of escape from me. Like I wanted yeah. to see it when it came out, uh, and then like I don't know. I guess you know that moment where like the cinema kind of passes, and then it's like, oh, do I do I have a tenner to spend on this to buy it now? Um, yeah, and then it was then it was one of them where I looked at the runtime and it was like I could do with watching a movie today, and I saw it was like almost three hours long, and I went, I'm not watching that movie today. Um, so it, yeah, it just it just escaped me. So when you mentioned that you were uh, watching it this week, because uh, we were originally going to do something else next week, um, uh, so we were going to do this uh, the week following, um, and you said you watched it and you wanted to talk about it this week. I was like, okay, yeah, finally a good enough reason for me to <laughs> for me to watch this. Uh, yeah. and yeah, um, oh. I mean, it was what, it was what I expected it to be. I'll be honest. Like it didn't, I didn't go, Oh my God, this is totally different to what I expected. Um, okay. and I knew, and I know that the film was good. Well, I'm curious what you think about it. I'm, I'm, I was first of all, surprised that you hadn't seen it because like, yeah. I would have assumed this would have been something you would have watched years ago, but hey, mm. there we are. Um, so when I first saw this movie, I, absolutely fucking loved it and i've watched it pretty much over and over again i bought the blu-ray and i just watched it so much i just fucking loved this movie pretty much everything about it yeah. and and that was when i was in the height of my uh fucking pretentious film bro fucking film major <laughs> i'm better yeah, than yeah, you yeah. because i understand cinema things <laughs> that's when i was at the peak of it's that. just fucking cinema man <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, just the absolute word. Pretty much where you are now. That's where I was at the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, so yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, uh, but as I started to claw myself out of that phase, um, I, I kind of stayed away from this movie, and I, and I didn't really go back because I didn't want to, to watch it through like this new perspective i guess of of now the <laughs> now pers this perspective i have now is pretty much everything is okay so there we are <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i didn't really want to watch it through that because i thought i might be disappointed it might not be what i thought it was so, so i'll just leave it for a while and basically i hadn't watched it for a few years it's probably been since like 2013 14 since i last watched this movie okay and then just randomly on fucking tuesday night i decided to watch it again um and, and so look all right <laughs> oh no oh no strap in boys <laughs> <laughs> it's all right it's there's a lot of weird choices in the movie there's a lot of very weird quinton choices i mean okay. the first of all let's just fucking get the elephant in the room yes the n-word is said 110 times in this movie 
Is that it? I thought there was fucking more than that. It seems <laughs> like, excessive, doesn't it? It seems. Yeah. Yes, sure, it's historically accurate, but it's also quite excessive and sometimes I, just unnecessary. So I I agree with that, and I that was literally my initial thought. Like within the first couple <clears> of scenes, I was like does it need to be every other word? Like it yeah. kind of felt a little bit uncomfortable. And yeah, obviously there is, there is the reasoning of like, it's historically accurate. I would find it more weird if this film had no use of the word, um, because it would feel very disingenuous and feel like it was kind of pandering around the subject, which should be addressed in plain as day for people to see it. Um, I, feel like there's, I feel like there's ways to do it without the word. I don't think it's an absolute necessity to. No, but to you're depict. you're thinking you're thinking of the word in terms of the connotations it has, um, you know, in a modern society where it, like you know it didn't roll off the tongue like it did back then. And I'm not saying it ever should have, but yeah, it it, it would have. If it, do, you, do you see what I'm saying? I do. I do see what you're saying, and yes, I agree. But I still think there is a way to frame a film without that word necessarily well, yeah i, su I suppose the way. i suppose the writer and director can decide the <laughs> scenarios they're in i suppose yeah exactly yeah but yeah no i did i did feel it was like it, it did get to the point where i was a little bit like oh, i get it like and yeah. and I, I i was i was comforted a little bit by the fact that um uh, i read a bit of trivia on this uh, literally seconds after watching it um and apparently leonardo dicaprio stopped a scene at one point and said like mm. i'm really uncomfortable with this uh, and Sam did. Sam yeah. Jackson pulled him aside and said, and I quote, "Motherfucker, this is just another Tuesday for us." Um, yeah, which and I and I've seen him in interviews. Like, was it there was an interview with Sam Jackson once, and a, and an interviewer didn't want to say the word, and he was like, "We're not. I'm not answering the question unless you say it." Um, you know, if you're going to bring it up, talk about it. Um, so I kind of I, I mean, it's clear that the cast were all on board with it. Um, but but yeah, as an audience member, especially as a as a white audience member, it made me feel a little bit like oh, I feel a bit gross enjoying this content yeah it's and and especially given that every word of it was written by quinton as well it, it just and and not only that the fact that quinton himself is in this movie um it makes you think did he he doesn't he say that word he doesn't he doesn't say that word but makes me think because there is a lot of stuff cut from this movie did he was he tempted to just give himself that little that little uh that little n-word here and there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it that far <clears> personally. I don't think, and I'm definitely not accusing him of like being racist. I just think that maybe he got excited in the genre and wanted to use. I, I this know, this is not a racist movie. It's it's clearly very anti-racist. Yeah. When you when you watch the movie itself. No, I was just going to say it's not even just subject matter. It's more like. There are certain specific scenes, the KKK one is the most notable, uh, where the film goes out of its way to make the racist characters look dumb yes. um, and, and overtly stupid. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely not a racist movie. Um, but which, yeah, which, is a very, which is a very funny scene. But they're only really, the racists are only really depicted that way in that one scene. The rest of the film, they're very intelligent people like Calvin Candy. Uh I disagree. Um, Calvin Candy, yeah, I agree with. Um, but the who was the guy that they he that was the first kind of like farm um, that they that they visited. Big Daddy, Big Daddy, yeah, Don Johnson, right? He was there, and I I thought that the first instance, and it's quite subtle, um, is that there's a moment where he says, um, uh, um, Christoph Waltz says, "You need to treat you know this guy isn't a slave. You need to treat him with respect. He's an associate of me, and when he's addressed, he needs to be you know." 
addressed as such. Um, you want me to point... treat him like white folk? I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah, and it's and <laughs> it's, it's a case of him. Yeah, and, it, but the, and it's and it's it's great because it's a character moment of 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 him just he can't comprehend like he has to treat this black guy with respect, but he's like, but not as much respect as a as a white guy because there's still you know. Uh, I still can't do that, and it's it's very funny watching his head wrap around the fact that he's like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, racism. Um, carrying on. Um, like I said, there's yeah, it just seems a little bit excessive, but sure, whatever. I, it's not a racist movie. I don't think Quinton himself is uh, not an overtly racist person anyway, um, just has a little bit of weird choices every now and then. Um, yeah. But but yeah, sure, that's what it is. Uh, there's, like I said, there's a lot of weird shots and weird choices in this movie, bizarre cameos which make no sense and are just frankly absurd as well. Um, weird shots inserted for absolutely no reason, which I just cannot comprehend, and I'll go through a, a few of them in a bit. Yeah. All of that aside, this is a good fucking movie. It's, <laughs> it's, it, it's a it's really, a really good, good fucking movie. It's really enjoyable to watch. And I'm I'm sorry if you sat there, audience, as a uh, 11 minutes in, going, oh, they didn't like it because they think Quentin Tarantino's racist. We did. We like it. It's a, it's a good movie. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, th- yeah. This is. This is. Like. Firstly, mm. I, this is. This is a movie that I do think there. There are a few movies that justify this runtime, as we've spoken about before. I think movies should get in, make their point, and go. Um, yeah. And this. This is a movie that does need its runtime to make its point. Um, it also yeah. kind of alludes to like the. This was not just a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of cheeky days uh, and like a montage of the season um, in Django's life. This was like every time he got set back, you felt the weight of him being set back. It wasn't like he got set back and then two minutes later, someone's like, I'm going to get you out of here. <laughs> like you felt yeah. it like so that, like a significant time passed. Um, but yeah, no, this is this is a really good character movie. Uh, and, and like to an extent, like almost the kind of a Western buddy cop for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a Western movie. Um, yeah, it definitely has lots of Western vibes, and um, yeah, and the relationship between Django, Jamie Fox, and and Schultz, uh, Christoph Waltz, who's great, and well, across the board, the cast is pretty much just fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's the you know Leonardo DiCaprio's Calvin Candy, the famous scene where he actually break, he actually fucking smashes his hand for real, and then just rubs blood on Kerry Washington's face. Um, yeah. Just fucking incredible performances across the board. I really like the um, the Schultz that uh, uh, Christoph Waltz wasn't necessarily typecast because because of who he was in Inglorious Bastards. It would have been very easy to then just pigeonhole him after that and yeah. just think, oh, oh he's, yeah, he's yeah. a bad guy. He's he's definitely going to be a villain. But here he was, just the sweetest fucking German bounty hunter in the world, and I, and I loved it. He was great. And his his scenes are the best. Like he steals yeah. he, every scene he's in. He steals it, and and it's hard to steal a scene from Jamie Foxx, especially in this movie. Um, but he yeah he he dominates the screen. He's he's so good. Um, like there's especially the moment where I was it's still early on in the film he comes out um, you know he shoots the sheriff they go into the bar and the and the they go into the bar the bartender's like I'm not serving that guy um, he leaves gets the sheriff and then uh, Christoph Waltz shoots the sheriff then obviously the entire town <laughs> gets their rifles out aims him at the bar and he comes out like you owe me two hundred dollars 
<laughs> yeah it's a it's a very very good scene and that was kind of it, it made me go like oh yeah i'm gonna like this movie because it was it was it's good people getting what they're owed uh which is good um and a lot of this movie is pretty much what tarantino does best is people sat down and talking which is mm. it is really what he does but sure gratuitous violence and and that sort of stuff the n-word sure that's what he does best as well but Mostly, the fucking very long dialogue scenes are what Tarantino movies are, are known for. You know, I think of the my favorite scene in Inglorious Bastards, the the just the full bar sequence, just in the middle of the movie. There's this this what twenty minute sequence. Oh, the um, people just sat around a table and just the, the three the three glasses scene, right? The three yeah, the three glasses scene, and yeah. it's just incredible, and it's amazing that you can do a scene for that long. Where it is people just talking and not getting bored, but and and as much as I do like to mock Tarantino for his weird choices and his foot fetish, it is you know <laughs> it is one of the things that he does do best. So so yeah, yeah. Well this see this is this is one of the things, and I think uh, Tarantino. I have um, it's not even a love hate relationship. I just think the guy's a fucking weird dude. Um, like he yeah, is same. he's he's a weird guy. He's very much so like uh, just an oddball. Um, and but but no one can deny i don't think there's a better screenwriter than him personally um yeah. and he's yeah cuz like you say those scenes um but not only are they kind of drawn out when they need to be there's one of my favorite moments in this one of i, I think is probably one of the best written moments in this um it's just a it's a clever use of wordplay when he goes are you you know are you sure he, they're trying to take out the third brother on that farm and he goes, yeah. are you sure that's the guy? And he's like, are you positive? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, I don't know what positive means. And then it, it cuts back really cleverly. And then it, the, the millisecond that it's clear that Django says that's the guy, he just fires the shot without a millisecond hesitation. And it's yeah. so it's so backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. And the direction is clear and the, uh, the writing is just on point. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> weird guy, great movies. Very weird guy, but but yeah, good movies for the most part. I'm not a fan of all of his work, but for the most part. Which one uh, aren't you a fan of, out of curiosity? I'm not necessarily a huge fan of Jackie Brown. find it a little bit boring. I think that's everyone's least favorite. Yeah, yeah. and um, True Romance. Is it True Romance? I don't know. Uh, truth be told, I haven't seen it. Yeah, but whatever. Uh, lots of funny moments as well. Just funny, like, off-the-cuff little dialogue jokes one of the one of the moments which always makes me laugh is calvin candy and uh schultz um christoph waltz have have met for the first time and he uh, and they have a drink together and schultz being german there he is he goes wurst which is german for cheers <laughs> and leo just goes german and drinks. <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. That's great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just little moments like that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. like. They they have a lot of moments. Uh, they 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 set up the um Leonardo character. Uh, Leonardo. I'm just about to say Leonardo de character. Um, Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio's character. Uh, he's kind of plays more intelligent than he actually is. But I, you know, like don't don't speak French to him. He'll be offended um, or in, embarrassed. And then you know he calls himself Monsieur Candy. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a great moment where they say, um, you know, he says he's talking about, um, like buying a fighter, um, and yeah. says, you know, I want, I want someone with uh, panache and love or, you know, pizzazz or something. He says something along those lines. Um, and, and, uh, Sam Jackson's character goes, what does that mean? 
and he and Leonardo DiCaprio starts <laughs> to explain it and then goes, oh, it means, you know, when you, uh, you know, you, you tell him kind of thing. And like gives <laughs> uh, gives him the look of like, I have no, I'm spinning a yarn here. You take over. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, which is, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a lot of subtle moments like that, which I think are quite clever. Uh, you bring up Sam Jackson. What, what did you think of him? So, right, I found his character... And I like I don't know if I've missed the point because there's clearly a statement being made with his character, um, yeah. And I don't know if it's I don't know if I've picked up on the statement or created a new one. But I found his character kind of like firstly his portrayal is amazing. Like Sam yes. Jackson is this is such a good performance mm. from him, um, especially because I think sometimes Sam Jackson is an actor that can phone it in quite a lot. Um, his performance in this is kind of really heartbreaking. Um, it's. It, I feel it's really sad, more than it anything. is. It is. It's. <clears throat> it's difficult because Calvin is clearly the main antagonist of the movie, but mm. Sam Jackson, Stephen, is is he's always in a way he's kind of a worse villain than Candy is. Candy is a despicable person, a disgusting, vile, just. The worst of the worst person. He's just a racist ass, isn't he? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, he's just a fucking racist, rich dickhead. He's a fucking plantation owner. Of course, he's a bad bloke. Um, now, but Stephen is. That was thin ice here. <laughs> it's difficult because <laughs> <laughs> it's what. It's... What are the white boys gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> I have to find the right way to say this. I don't want to say it's worse because he's black, but that kind of is the case, though. He is essentially betraying his own people for the glorification and the praise of a white man. It's 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 difficult and uncomfortable to watch. I think in, in so. Way. I think the movie sets it up uh, really nicely. Um, and it kind of gives, you know, discussions like this, a get out of jail free card where there's a, there's a lovely little analogy you can say. Um, and it's, um, you know, he, they're deciding what characters they should play to go in, you know, what strategy, what role should we play to go in, um, yeah. and kind of, you know, start, start spinning a story. Um, and, um, Django's face when he's presented with playing a black slaver, um, is that of clear disgust and then goes on just a couple of lines about how there isn't a lower you can go like with white people mm -hmm. it's come to you know it it's almost expected you know they're, yeah. they're the evil that are predictable but when you turn your back um on your people like you say um and you you enter into the life of kind of um selling out your morals beliefs ethics um and i'd say humanity to an extent um yeah to in servitude of someone that so clearly has so little respect for you um even if he pretends he does for a bravado then it then that is just sad um and it's almost it's almost like he's kind of been indoctrinated by it but then you think back this is for a black man at this time this is probably as good as life got like oh yeah in that in that environment so i like as a character i can see why he wants to be in that position but as a man looking from an outsiding, uh, an outsider's point of view, you just go, oh man, this is fucked, isn't it? And it really does. That was the moment for me where the scale of it went, holy shit. Like this is, this is a worldwide, this is a lifelong thing for this guy. Like this is, this is way bigger than just a stupid movie. Like this is, oh, it's ridiculous. But yeah. 
There and there is historical context behind that. It's, this isn't something that was made up for the movie. It is it is stuff that did actually happen. I mean, yeah, you you know people. Uh... <laughs> um, so there's a term that is basically the house n-word, which is. You know, it's it's a person. It's used to describe a person betraying their own kind, and this is exactly where it comes from. It's yeah. you know, it's it's not a nice term at all, and it is something that unfortunately actually happened. Yeah, of course you can you can see why it would happen because slavery was a fucking terrible and disgusting thing, and the way these people were treated is is violent, cruel, and you do get a sense of that in this movie. And if there was a oh, way you get, you to get a sense of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you get you get way more than a sense. <laughs> and if there was a way to to escape that and have a better life for yourself, then then a lot of people would take it. Sure, you, it's a difficult moral question for yourself, but at the end of the day, a, a lot of people would want that better life for themselves. So you can see why they'll take it, but it is still very yeah uncomfortable and difficult to to watch this incredible performance but but also yeah uh, difficult at times i think the point of it being a question that you kind of have to look internally to answer in this scenario would you as a man as a you know as as a black man in this scenario would you um yeah it's a very interesting question and i think it's perfectly summed up by i i'd say the two main um black characters in this which is django and um is it steven was his name steven yeah Stephen, yeah, um, I just I just see Sam Jackson, <laughs> just like <that's> Sam Jackson, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's summed up by you know um, Django is a is a brave man, a man that's got something to fight for, a man that's you know he's he wants the best for him and his wife, and he just wants to kind of leave this behind. And to be honest, that's what he wanted until he got a taste for it and was like, actually, no, I'm on a revenge path now. I'm going to, I'm going to fuck you all up um, yeah. and good on him. But this, I think the, the other side of it is the man that didn't stand up for himself. The man that took the easy road and has in turn sacrificed a hell of a lot of himself for that road. Yeah. Um, and that, that's clear. Um, but yeah, I was interested. I was really interested. And I think the film maybe missed the mark. I like his death scene as much as the next, cause it's Django getting his revenge and what he wants. I would have loved the scene between the two, um, the two uh, leading black guys in this movie to have a conversation about race, um, and from to hear their different perspectives. Um, and it, you know, kneecapping him and leaving him in a building to blow up mm. felt a little bit lackluster for me. <laughs> Which is weird considering the scale of leaving someone in a burning mansion and blowing it up. <laughs> um, but it felt a little bit like I, I re given given that Tarantino is a man that is so talented at writing a script. Um, I'd, I'd really like to see what he could write on his best day with these two characters, but I just didn't see it. Okay. Fair enough. <clears throat> uh, yeah. I'm not hundred percent sure I agree with that. Just, and mainly because it, it's coming at towards the end of a three hour movie. I'm not sure that's probably the best time for a, for a long dialogue scene maybe um, not a long dialogue one just you know a couple of lines <laughs> here and there just uh, this this movie is if anything is made for one-liners like there's so many one-liners in this yeah, movie just give, it really give us is. one kind of contextual one do you know what i mean yeah fair enough um i i do like the the um those shootout sequences though they were really good like the moment where 
it all just goes to shit and fucking and Schultz kills Candy and then Django just has to have this big shootout just against pretty much everyone all by himself yeah. and you know you've just got endless waves of racing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. You've got fucking Tupac and Rick Ross playing in the background. It's <laughs> it's really good. It's it's fucking insane and over the top in Tarantino's usual fashion with fucking bloods just splattering everywhere, but but yeah. it is really good and really entertaining. Shoot a man in the wrist and it'll look like he's severed his artery. <laughs> like it. It's just insane. Um, but it's that's the moments. There's moments again, though, in those sequences where there's just shots which I just cannot wrap my head around. I just cannot explain the or understand the reasoning behind them. So there's a shot in that shootout in particular where... That one of the guys just has his gun aimed towards the wall. He's just stood there, and Django comes up behind him and uses him as a meat shield. Like, he wasn't even looking at Django. He was just purposely stood there for yeah. the purpose of Django to grab him and use him as a shield. Which I noticed that. My, my, main concern, <clears throat> my main moment there is I just went, where the fuck this guy come from? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Why are you standing so calmly in the middle of gunfire? Like, An- find cover, another man. one. You're just out in the open. <laughs> Another one, I, every time I see this movie, I'm like, have I missed something? Because I do not understand this at all. So earlier in the movie, when uh, Django and Schultz are talking and he first tells him about his wife, about Broomhilda, and, you know, Schultz is obviously intrigued because she has a German name and all that sort of thing. Um, yeah. And and he tells her his name, you know, he, she's called Hildy. And then we cut to a scene of Kerry Washington sat in an, a, sat some kind of chair in an open field just in the middle of it, absolutely nothing around her. And then we zoom in and she just says, they call me Hildy. Just talking to herself while she's like doing some kind of work. She yeah. nods and then it cuts back to the fucking scene. What? <laughs> yeah, it's unusual. It is. I think it's a, it's clearly a stylistic choice, and whether we've missed it or whether it's just not good enough, I've um, just never understood it. If it was like a direct to camera, like yeah, they call me Hilding moment. Like, yeah, yeah, I get it, but it wasn't even that. It was like she was talking to someone, but there was no one there. It was, I don't know. It was just really odd, and I cannot understand it at all. It's a wide shot of her just in the middle of a field. There's literally no one around her, and then it zooms in. And she's like, they call me Hildy. I'm like, what? Who? Well, okay, thanks, I guess. Kerry Washington, who is kind of wasted in this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get to her. Um, yeah. I've got some opinions as well. Um, what? So you mentioned music. Um, yes, uh, incredible. I was bopping my head, man. Yeah, like, there is some and not really just good. not just that, like, the, the hip-hop segments of the gun battles, like... I genuinely think there's a moment I wrote it down. Um, so it's not, it's less of a set piece. It's more of a kind of montagey moment, but it's not the, I don't think it's the moment, the montage through the seasons. Um, although that is great as well. Um, there's a, there's a montage uh, where I can't, I don't know what the song's called. Obviously I haven't had enough time to look it up, um, but it's a, the songs about freedom uh, and it's kind of, Oh, freedom. Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm it. Yeah. Looking for freedom. That's it. Um, oh, you You're sound just like it. Are you playing? Are you playing the soundtrack right now <laughs> <laughs> through the microphone? Um, yeah. But yeah, and it's that, and it's through the. Um, it's you know, it's it's watching them try to escape. It's them watching the consequences, and you know, the 
<clears throat> the, the infamous I like how you beg boy um, line. Um, and it's, just, yeah, it's just like, I just thought that montage and the way it's edited as well, like to give them the credit too, it's phenomenal. Like, it's just so, it, it, there's a couple of moments in this, right? It, and this sounds stupid, but you know, those movie moments where you go every, everything, every department was on their A game in that moment. Yeah. Like, everyone just brought it home for that scene. Um, and I, yeah, I just thought it was, I just thought it was incredible. Like it made, it made me pause the film to write a note about it. That's, I guess it was moving, but like. I'd have to watch it again uh, to kind of really articulate how I feel about it. Yeah. One thing I'll say, uh, and I don't know if this is attention to detail, and I don't know if I'm looking too far into it. Um, I thought it was an interesting choice to give Christoph Waltz's character. Um, yeah, he's clearly not racist, and he's clearly a very sweet guy. Um, yeah. But there is this kind of entrenched um, privilege in just the way the way he speaks and what he says. So they set yeah. up very, which is why I don't think I'm thinking into it. The opening scene sets up twice that he's a man that loves to be frivolous with his words and say fancy things that people won't get. Um, as referenced by the fact they tell him to speak English twice. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, but so, the, and so there's a moment again where he starts to compare. Um, he speaks about, you know, what would the right price be? You know, what's a ridiculous offer? What should we go in at and say? Um, and then Django's not really getting it. And he starts to then use the analogy of like, say you're buying like a prize horse. And I, just, I found that to be a really interesting dialogue choice, given that the character's not racist, for him to use that analogy immediately, uh, for him to be like, look, I'm, I'm, you know, he's still, despite the fact that he leaves the guy to die and lets the other, the other guys kind of go, <laughs> if I were you, I'd bury both of them and, you know, make way. Um, he still leaves the money there. Like he still has parted with money for taking Django. Like things like that. I don't know if that's intentional or if I'm looking too much into it, but if it's intentional, I think it's a really interesting attention to detail. So the, I can, I can put to rest a couple of your, your claims. First of all, mm. the reason he uh, actually pays for Django is so he can get a bill of sale, so he can legally own Django and also free him, because you can't do that to someone who's escaped slavery. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming. Oh, so anyway. even if even if those guys <clears throat> died, it would go to the family property kind of thing, or something like that. Yeah, it's, the the point is that he at that point he has the right paperwork to say that Django is. Uh, either mine or a free man, whichever he chooses. And then right. the the thing about leaving the money is he also left the other guys there as well. They can take that. So and and mm, use that I guess for, so, yeah. for themselves. Um, it, it's interesting that you focused on the the horse analogy because I I see what you're saying about Schultz. He's not a racist man. He does have let's just say old fashioned ideas because he's literally an old-fashioned man he's this is 1853 yeah, yeah. or whatever so yeah um so of course he's not going to be as mo as modern and progressive as, as we are and shit um it, but it's interesting that you focused on the idea of the horse because i think there's there's another scene which sets it up even more so earlier in the movie where he's saying you know on the one hand i despise slavery but on the other hand if you're not in a and if you're not in a position to refuse it has its benefits so I legally own you. Yeah, you're gonna do Good this point. for me. So I think I think that's a more a more, a more telling uh, side of it, really. 
Yeah, because then then that really is that. I, I suppose that's one of the only times he views Django as a property that can be controlled rather than a human being. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. That I, yeah. I mean, I didn't I didn't miss that moment. I just I suppose it wasn't as clear to me that because I was thinking more in terms of he was thinking about bounty hunting strategy at that moment um, rather than owning someone. But yeah, no, you're right. That does make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I, interesting attention to detail. I think. Um, yeah. And subtlety in writing, which is which is really cool. And he also he does he's not you know, he doesn't not say the N word. He use, uses it quite frequently, yeah, uh, throughout the I think, movie as well. I think so. he uses it I think he uses it frivolously when he's trying to play the part. Um yeah, definitely. Which makes sense. Um and it clearly I mean that's I mean that's a fair point to Tarantino's benefit. Like he clearly has a lid on it when characters aren't supposed to say it. <laughs> like yeah. when, when, when it doesn't suit the character, he'll be like, all right, these guys can have a pass, but, but God damn it. The <laughs> next guy I write on this screen, he's going to say it. He's going to say it 10 more times in place of this. <laughs> um, so, so I wasn't expecting to see Jamie Foxx's Gooch in this movie. I wasn't expecting to see that. Just fucking. Pringles Dog. can have a dick in my face. <laughs> I think the dick was prosthetic. Uh, it, it had to be. <laughs> let me find. Let me find out. <laughs> it, was, it was the most obscene package I've ever seen. It was. It was like ah, Batman in Justice League levels of. Oh, that's fair. That's fairly normal for me. Yeah, I'm um... sure it is. <laughs> I'm finding out. We're gonna get a live answer. Right. And where better to go than Reddit? <laughs> Does anyone know? I was just curious. That scene was intense. All in all, I thought Django was a solid Tarantino film. Still loving Glorious Bastards. That's just my opinion. And then someone said, <laughs> he was hanging upside down. It was unnaturally grey. Think about the blood flow. These people are full on debating Django's cock. <laughs> I well... thought they put a little slip on it. Like the way they had that Hannibal mask on his face. Maybe they did. Uh, Yo-Yo Jelly. <laughs> from from eight years ago, that comment was. Uh, no one will ever know. If I hope they found peace in that time. I hope they're not still feverishly searching for these answers eight yeah, years later. Eight, eight years <laughs> I did one Google search. Reddit was the closest I got, and no one had a definitive answer. I'm at peace with Jamie Foxx. Either has a massive package or an unidentified package <laughs> One maybe he's just a very gifted man who who knows but but you know that that scene was definitely shot in a flattering light for a man hanging upside down so it really was wasn't it? even even walter goggins couldn't resist just having a little touch of it so yeah i know he's that he's out there trying to like cut it off he's just jealous jealous he doesn't have what this man has yeah. you said you had thoughts on Kerry washington yeah um so whilst I understand and whilst I whilst I get, you know, the horrific nature of a lot of the stuff she's told to go through um, yeah. and forced to kind of deal with um, in this movie, I kind of found her as a vessel for plot rather than a character of a movie that had thoughts and feelings. You get close to it. There is a scene with Sam Jackson where he's like, do you know that guy? And he he doesn't say guy. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, guy. Uh, <laughs> I think that's for the best. Um, so he says, "Do you know that guy?" And she says, "No." And it, he gets really close and intense, and it's a great scene. Um, and you see her, 
you know, tears well up and she says, you know, he says, why are you crying? She's like, I don't know that guy. And he's like, then why are you crying? So you're scaring me. It's, it's a great scene. And that is, and then at the end, the next thing you see, despite the fact that she's gone through like incredible hardships for years and years, um, the last kind of thing you see is her like clapping Django, like kind of like a, She's just waiting on a horse outside yeah. the house. While you go he do kills the plot. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll stay here and support you when you're back. Even the uh, other two, like so that so there's a moment where the two um uh so there's there's kind of two waitresses. Oh, waitresses is a very generous. <laughs> waitresses. Term. I'm trying to be polite. Uh, um but, <laughs> but no, right. I'm reminded of um, Thor Ragnarok when Jeff Goldblum's like the prisoners with jobs. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, right, so but right, you, right, but the the people I'm getting at, um, you know, they're in there. Um... You can say slave, Lawrence. This isn't fucking Star Wars. We're not Boba Fett's ship, okay? No. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, I, I, but I feel it's diminishing because I don't think their characters had names and I don't particularly. Yeah, it's not a nice word. Um, but, you know, the two girls that are running out uh, when Django says anyone that's black, I'd urge you get away from the white people and start, you know, making your own way. Um, and they leave. Just, be, just before that, just the way he goes, tell Miss Laura goodbye. <laughs> She's like, what? And he goes, tell Miss Laura goodbye. She's like, yeah. bye, Miss Laura. And then he just shoots her. And she must have been on a wire or something yeah, because yeah, she yeah, just flew back. <laughs> I, what I do like, and I, I respect it for the joke, but one thing that did make me laugh, she just gets yeeted in a direction that is so inexplicable. Like yeah, there she was. She wouldn't she have even shot, landed like, that way from the angle the bullet was coming from. <laughs> but, yeah, like if anything, the bullet would have gone through her side and she'd have spiraled and just dropped, right? But yeah. instead, she just kind of looked like a bazooka took her. You know, in Kick Ass, <laughs> uh, you know when he fires the bazooka at Mark Strong and he gets yeah. blown out the window and he's kind of like weirdly just CGI'd in like a fetal position while the bazooka flies him out the window. It's like that. Yeah. Um. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, she that... must have had like a harness and a wire just strapped to her. Oh, yeah. And they just fucking yanked it when yeah. when uh, yeah. when he shot the gun. The, the back wall was just all crash mats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just exactly. entirely, entirely, so she didn't just smash her head open. Um, but no, it's so, right. So the, so the girls are leaving uh, and, and Kerry Washington's waiting outside. And I thought, oh, fantastic. We're going to get a quick scene of, of those three girls that have clearly gone through turmoil together. Um, we're gonna we're gonna hear what they really say. We're gonna you know maybe she's gonna thank them for take for convincing Django to go back. Whether you know, and it's a shame because like you say, the little that she <clears> does in this movie is amazing. Like yeah, she's the montage sequences where you see her face. You know the how quickly she can get to tears when she's dragged out of the the pit, um, which has another name, a um, hot box. Yeah, her hot box. That's it. Um, yeah, and it, and then she comes out after being like drenched in water um i just yeah like all of that stuff she's given such a good performance um and it's just the same that she never got one scene like yeah. we never got to see a scene which really chewed into her character even um, even when you know django and and hilde they have the reunion like it, about him it's well about she just, him it's it's she just immediately faints the moment she he see she sees her he yeah she sees him um, I didn't like that. Yeah, at all. It's, 
me neither. It's it's just a waste of a real also, good actress. I don't know about you, but I, I've never fainted before, but if I did, <laughs> I'd make sure that I pour an entire pint of water on the floor before I do so, for no reason. I have fainted before, and you do kind of lose control of uh, your your motor functions for a little bit beforehand. Because when I fainted, I was I was in uh, I was seeing a West End show in London, and I was just really really fucking hot. Couldn't couldn't breathe. And I was like, oh, God, I'm very uncomfortable. I need to, I need to get some air. So I like left the theater and I went to go to the to the toilets. And I was I was walking to the toilets and I was just feeling just very not well at all, very hot, yeah. very lightheaded. And I went to grab the handle for the bathroom door, but I just couldn't actually grab it. Like I just kept reaching out my hand, but it just wouldn't grab the handle for whatever reason. And then I passed out. So <laughs> next time I paint, I need to have a nice pint of water in my hand so I can <laughs> I can do it properly. Um, <laughs> fair play. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so the, I don't know. Like, I think there's great moments in this, and I think there's some lines that are absolutely killer. Um, the one, the main one that springs to mind, and it's such a victory moment. Like, I can imagine seeing this in a cinema. Like, if people got hyped to this, I, I bet they did. Um, was um, the moment where Kerry Washington's essentially, you know, to rip the bandaid off again? She's waiting to be raped in a room. Um, yeah, and it's it's so uncomfortable. And the door opens. We focus on her. Um, and you you just see a wince in terror. You see a dreading what is about to come, and then you just hear um, uh, Jamie Fox just so simply say, "It's me, baby," and you just like the the intense change on her face. I yeah. just I don't know. That was one of the moments where I just went, "Fuck <clears throat> me, that's good. That's such a good moment." Um, not just in terms of like the plot and I'm happy for the characters, but it's just well-directed. I suppose one of the moments I said where all departments are firing on all cylinders, where they bring their A-game to it. Um, and there's there's plenty of those moments in this, uh, which I just think are great, which, which I suppose just all round makes this, in my opinion, a really, really great film. Um, and then he makes his horse do a little dance. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's, everyone is dead, and he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm gonna make my horse do a little dance. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, check this out. <laughs> we we've not alluded to this in the movie at all. It's never once been brought up. But my horse, he can dance. What do you think of that? <laughs> yeah, is it even his horse? Because he's just got some guy's horse, right? It, it's a horse, and apparently he can a, dance. He's like, Kerry, hey, Kerry Washington, check this. She turns around. How <laughs> a house is blowing up, right? The plantation house is blowing up behind her, and he's like. <laughs> oh, you watch this. <laughs> He's just doing the fucking fox troll of a horse. <laughs> Little two step. Like, check this out. Uh, anyway, <laughs> weird note to end on, but sure, go off, Quinton. Uh, so, <laughs> there you are. That's uh, Django Unchained. We discussed racism. Did you, do you think, do you think Tarantino is a good actor? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really bad, isn't it? Really He's bad. really bad. <laughs> He's, uh, I was watching that and I was very confused of why he felt the need to put himself in it, to be honest. How's he got worse? Like, he, he was good. He was quite good in Reservoir Dogs. Not good, yeah. but not bad. Maybe it's, the, maybe it's the Aussie accent he's trying to do because it's really not great, is it? I, I thought it was really badly doing British for a second. Um, no, he's, he's and I was like, this is unusual. Awesome. And then he's, then he's like, what are you talking about, mate? 
and I'm like, oh, oh Jesus Christ, this is bad. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking through my notes to see if I've missed anything, but yeah, it seems like a pretty decent place to kind of wrap it up. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, that's a, the one good moment. Um, not a good moment. Uh, two things I'll mention, and then we can close it out. One, I like how the the real life locations felt amazing in this. Like they were stunning, like so picturesque, and the cinematography is amazing. Um, but then the sets, they look wobbly and they look shit. Uh, and I think that's intentional. Um, you know, like a lot of the you go into the western town. Um, yeah. especially in the early stages of the movie. They look wobbly. They look like a 70s Western film set, um, which it, which is probably very intentional, considering his last movie was all about that kind of era of filmmaking as well. Tarantino, he's, he's, this is the kind of weird shit that I don't understand. He just, he, he loves movies to a point where everything he makes, it has to look like an old movie, even if that's to the detriment of the movie itself. Like, yeah. oh yeah, I agree. even yeah. if it makes it look worse, like even down to the fucking studio logos that they use at the beginning of the movie, like you can't have the latest one. Oh, I so I so I watched that when it, I watched that when it when it um when it came up and I went. My first thought was because I know that there's an original Django uh, that this is based off of, not a sequel to, but taken inspiration from. And I went, oh, fuck me, did I buy the wrong one? <laughs> That's just one of those Tarantino quirks where, for some reason, using the the first iteration of the studio logo is is what happens. But all right, it's it yeah. just seems pointless. And Go off, it's, again, yeah, again, it's that look at me, I love film. I'm like, all right, yes, I fucking <laughs> get it. I know you love film. This hey. is cinema. <laughs> I'm hey, shutting your butt down. All right, <laughs> <laughs> cutting your butt down. But yeah, um, and one last thing, uh, this made me really want to play Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, if I wasn't recording this podcast right now, I would be playing Red Dead Redemption, and it's probably what I'm going to do straight after we finish recording this podcast. I feel um, like you're always playing Red Dead Redemption, though. It's my favorite game. I love it. It's great. Do you not think it's great? We play it I together. Think it's great. I do, we do play it together. Yeah. Do you want to play it now? Yeah, we can do a bounty after this. Yeah, let's do a bounty. Fuck it. Right, fuck you guys. We're going to do a bounty. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. We're finishing this now. <laughs> um, All right. Oh, yeah, um, watch it. Yeah, watch it. Fuck it. Just watch it. Yeah, it's a definite watch. Obviously, it's a watch. If you can if you can spare the two hours, uh, two and a half to 2.45 um, in, the, in the day, uh, then watch yeah. this. I put off watching this for a very, a very long time. Um, and I'm, kind of, I'm actually kind of glad. Mm. I don't think I was mature yeah. enough to understand this film, you know, eight years ago. Um, oh, you definitely wasn't. You wasn't mature enough to understand this film two years ago. <laughs> it's true. It's very true, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, uh, watch it. Um, w- w- uh, you may have noticed how Clone Wars Corner is just gone because Lawrence apparently doesn't want to watch it anymore. So. It's not that I don't want to watch anymore. <laughs> I'm a busy boy, Nathan. I'm too busy. <laughs> he doesn't even have a job. You're not busy, I have boy. A, I have a job. You sit around all day. You you have found the time to watch a three-hour movie today. So I while did. I was working, I work for myself. Shut up. Anyway, I'm off. Bye, Lawrence. Wrap this. Wrap, wrap this shit up. I'm gonna do the thing, right? Uh, so this has been an episode of Another Happy Pod. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Another Happy Pod. Episodes come out on Fridays at 10 a.m. Uh, we have a ruddy good time, and if you do so too, then you can give us a little cheeky review. That rhymed. I'm a poet, and I did. 
not anticipate it. Um, so give us a five-star review, and if you don't, we'll pull your pants down. Oh, next week we're doing a, a foray uh, into anime. Um, Nathan is forcing me to watch um, Your Name. I don't know the first thing about it. Uh, Nathan says it's very good, swears by that it's a good movie. Uh, so we'll be watching that and talking about that uh, in detail. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Say hi to your dad for me. Oh, you stole my thing, but changed it. Do your do your thing. Another happy pod. No, do the mum thing. Say hi to your mum for it's too fucking hot, Lawrence. Let's go play Red Dead. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.